Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's August 23, 2010, and this is episode 256. My new office come modest studio is now just about complete, so today I'm going to give you a bit of a guided tour. Of course, it's not perfect, and if I had even more space, I'd certainly do things differently, but I'm happy with my current space. So I thought I'd share share it with you today, touching on some of the details that I bore in mind when putting it together, in the hope that it might help you if you put your own workspace together at some point. Before that, I'd like to thank our sponsors, WebSpy, the internet monitoring analysis and reporting specialists. If you have a Twitter account and a minute to spare, please go to my blog at blog.martinbaileyphotography.com and click on the text link underneath the WebSpy tile to the right. That will automatically tweet the message thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography podcast. Or you can just type that in yourself if you prefer. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com mbp and use the discount code mbpwsy for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. Note before we start that the images to explain my ideas will be available in the enhanced version of the podcast if you're listening in iTunes or on your iPod. If you listen to the MP3 version, or say you're driving while listening, or you just want to see more detail in the images, please go to my blog at blog.martinbaileyphotography.com to see the images in the blog post along with the transcript for today's episode. First, take a look at the rough plan that I drew up and shared with you in episode 251, when I first discussed my plans for the new office and studio space before I actually moved in. We can see here that it's not a huge space and certainly not big enough for a commercial studio. I do have a room downstairs that I can set up for larger studio suits if necessary, but today we're going to look at my space as seen in the diagram. On the right you can see that I have enough room to put up a backdrop, a simple lighting setup for either product shoots or one or two people portrait sessions at a push. I had planned to put my lens cabinet and my Pro 9500 printer in the walk-in closet, so you know that would basically become my storeroom. But as we'll see later, these are both now in the main room. As I unpacked my stuff into the storeroom, it quickly became obvious that I had way too much stuff to pack in there, so I had to rethink my plans a little. The good thing though is that when I am shooting in here, both printers are on casters and can be easily wheeled into the storeroom to make more room. Here's an image of my computer workspace with the Canon Pixma Pro 9500 printer to the left. I have the one 24 inch screen with two speakers either side. I like to listen to music while I work and so I picked up these good quality speakers. To pl- they basically plug into my digital audio output. And because I have the storeroom in the back there, uh, between me and the next door neighbours, I can basically turn up the volume a little bit without having to worry about the neighbours or annoying my wife, who's on the floor below. Remember that so far my workspace has at at home in my last apartment has been like 1.5 square metres 
in the corner of the living room. So just being able to listen to music without headphones is in itself a major luxury for me. You'll see that I have room on my desk for my iPad and the Wacom tablet and I, I have a few other ornaments and things. I have two phones in the back there, uh, basically because I had two lines put in in my new place. One is our private home phone line and the second is purely for my photography business. The silver phone is the business line and that also receives faxes but it obviously doesn't print them out. It just stores them in a memory card which I can take out and put them in the PC and view or print from the computer. It saves space and paper of course. I have a second cordless handset for this phone downstairs for when my business line rings and I'm not in the office. There's also a cordless phone to the right of that which is connected to the private line with the main phone downstairs. My wife can also call on this phone, um, you know, using the main phone downstairs, uh, say to transfer calls or just to tell me that I'm not dinner's ready, things like that. There's a scanner there in the back with my headphones that I use when recording the podcast in that black bag on top of the scanner. Of course, uh, that's my podcasting mic on the stand across the top of this image. I had to buy this stand because my old stand would not attach to the new desk with the rounded surface. But it's great because I can just swing it out of the way like this when not recording. The Mac Mini that I use for recording the podcast is also in the back there, just, un just visible underneath the scanner and behind my red crown crane ornaments. The 9500 printer is on its own cabinet and it's great to be able to operate the printer at normal height. This, you know, you will remember from episode 251 that until now this printer was above my desk, making it a bit of a pain to load paper and inks, etc. Behind me as I sit at my desk is the new Canon Image Prograph IPF6350 printer with its swanky little cover fitted. Dust in a printer can settle on the paper while printing and then the dust gets painted with the ink and then when it falls off the, you end up with a white spot on your image. So I always try to keep dust out of my printers and this cheap piece of thin plastic from the hardware store does a good job of keeping it out. I'll be bringing you uh, another episode on the new printer in the coming weeks. To the left of the new large format printer is my lens cabinet. This is a double door cabinet so I can fit all of my lenses and bodies and speed lights as well as a few other bits and bobs that I want to keep in a controlled humidity environment in. If you don't live in a humid area you probably have never even thought of buying one of these but in Tokyo humidity is high all through the summer months and I have had problems with mould on the inside of lenses when I didn't keep them in this cabinet. The digital indicators that you can see here might make me sound as though I'm contradicting myself uh, because the, the green 33 is the humidity inside the cabinet and the red 27 is the humidity outside the cabinet. Humidity in this room, is it actually gets up to around 70 or 80% when I'm not in the room um, and it only came down like this because I had the air conditioning on and you know when I shot this image. Usually I keep the humidity inside at around 38, but it dropped slightly here when I, you know, I opened the door to get a lens and camera body out to shoot this image.
One other point here about using a lens cabinet is that although you might think it's a pain to take everything out of the camera bag when you get home and put it away like this, it's actually quite a nice routine to get into. It not only helps you keep stock because everything has its place, it's also useful when you're preparing for a job or even just for a walk in the park. You grab the bag that will suit the gear that you want to take and then fill it appropriately each time. I'm able to decide exactly what I take really easily this way. If we open the door that you can see to the right of the, uh, you know, to the right of my work, my workstation in the first photo that we looked at today, you'll see the storeroom that we see here. I still have some rearranging to do, but basically this is where all of my photography junk goes. In the centre and to the right, you can see that I ended up buying two stainless steel racks that you can build yourself. The one on the back wall in the middle of this uh, image has some of my packaging materials for when I'm shipping fine art folios. And I'm currently keeping things like my rainproof clothing and waders from outdoor photo gear and some of the uh, more, you know, some more of the folio production materials on the floor below the rack. Um, on the first shelf from the bottom, there's the roll paper that I've bought for the new printer, which again we'll talk about in a future episode. The boxes in the middle have straps and other pouches, um, you know, stuff for carrying gear around inside them. And to the left of the rack is my tripods and light stands and a new boom and softbox. There's my amazingly cool photographer's vest as well. After all, it is supposed to be a walk-in closet. By the way, those boxes that I keep straps and pouches in do open from the top, but the shelf that those boxes are on actually extends out forwards if you pull it, so I can open them without having to take them off the shelf. This is just one of the optional shelves that you can buy for this rack system. We can see this in action on the rack to the right as well in this picture. Here's another shelf that I'd pulled out a little, extending it forwards to, to show you what I mean. This is where I have one of my large portfolio cases so that I can remove uh, those boxes that I currently have on top of there and I can open the portfolio case and look through the images without taking the case out of the rack if necessary. Those two red boxes, those albums to the right, need to be put in storage. They're just albums that I, I put together um, of my first six months or so in Japan, back uh, in 1991 when I first got here. Below that, the silver case is all of my slides from 1991 to 1997. Again, they are on, on this movable shelf so that I can get into that case without taking it out of the rack. Here's a photo of the entire right side rack. It's still relatively, maybe considerably disorganized, but I generally find, you know, it's where I'm putting my, my camera bags. I have a number of backdrops and my reflectors in there, as well as some larger 13 by 19 inch sheet paper. The basket in the middle is, uh, it has a few, a, a, a pack of um, white cotton gloves in for handling photos and for changing out the roll paper in the new printer without getting oils from my skin on the paper. To the left of this rack, you can see my stepladder, which is for shooting from higher angles or over the heads of crowds when necessary. 
to the left of that i've got some more packaging materials and some uh, there you can't see them in this image but i've got some rolls of the backdrop paper that i use for product suits and things like that the brown bag hanging from the top right of that rack is also um, amazingly cool knee pads um, that you know together with my photographer's vest helped me to look like the coolest and hippest photographer in Tokyo if we swing around we can see my bookshelf which is housing a fair few photography books and magazines but we can also see along the top there I have the boxes for my camera bodies and lenses I keep these to maintain the resale value when I sell gear on, usually to put the money towards more gear. There's also an old slide projector in the middle at the top there, but it doesn't get much use these days. I want to keep it for another 30 years or so and then sell it on as a piece of antique photography memorabilia. In the middle here, we can also see my new 36 inch rotary cutter. Now that I have the large format printer, one of my projects is to reproof my fine art folios for the new printer and then print them out on larger sheets of paper and then cut them up with this rotary cutter. If I can reduce the amount of time that it takes to create the folios, it'll help me to re reduce the price that I, I have to charge for them and hopefully get more sales. They're not exactly flying off the shelf at the moment, so this, is a, this was a major consideration when buying the new printer. So that's the storeroom. If we move out and past the desk and the new printer, we have about half of the main room still open to set up lights, etc., for product or portrait shoots, as I mentioned earlier. I haven't yet done a lot of work in here, having only just finished sorting everything out, uh, but here's a shot of a simple setup that I did uh, not, long ago, not long after moving into this room. Uh, so that you can see that the space is somewhat limited, but it's really nice to be able to set things up like this and then leave them for, a, a, you know, as long as required, really. Before, I had to set things up in my kitchen and I had really no more than a few hours before I had to break it all down again. So this new space is very, very welcome. Here's a wider shot of my computer workspace. So... Uh, you know, just ex I wanted to explain another consideration, which was the black curtains and the white lace curtains that I had made to order for this room. The lace curtains make for a huge softbox to the side of my studio area, and I'm a big fan of shooting with this kind of window light when possible. I went for plain white curtains um, rather than the patent lace curtains that we had in our kitchen in our last apartment. Obviously, I mean, it's, it's my room this time and I can, I can choose what I want. The old curtains, though, generally cast a shadow of the patterns on products when I was shooting with them, which was sometimes nice, but I, uh, I'd, you know, I'd have preferred it not to have happened. The black curtains are light proof and I had what they call a return sewn into the sides, so the uh, the curtains basically fold back at right angles against the wall, shutting out all of the light except for that which comes over the top through, you know, through the curtain rail. This allows me to control the light in the room to a much higher degree for when I'm working on images in my digital darkroom. As this is a rented apartment, I can't change the colour of the walls, so they're white. And of course, 
therefore will reflect light, but I chose dark furniture in this room also to reduce the reflected light from other surfaces around my monitor. This brings us to the last photo and consideration for putting my new office together. With the curtains closed, although it was pretty much dark outside by the time I shot this, I turn on the main light and now pretty much have a controllable and repeatable environment in which to work. The last job of course is to recalibrate my monitor for the new environment. It's not a one-off task of course, as you know, I usually calibrate at least once a month or before working on any important images. But this was actually the first time I calibrated my monitor since moving in one month ago. I've also been so busy with various things surrounding the move and setting up this new space that I really haven't been doing a lot of photography outside of shooting things like the photos that we see here. It's midsummer here in Japan too and so the oppressive heat keeps me inside at this time of year too. But I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into more photography and also mastering the new large format printer which as I say I'll be discussing in the coming weeks for those of you that are interested. For now I hope that some of what we've touched on today will be useful if you're setting up your own office or workspace. So that's it for today. Before we finish, I wanted to let you know that I recorded a guest spot on George L. Smith's One Minute How-To podcast this week, with the episode probably going live around um, the end of this week. If you don't listen to that podcast, search for One Minute How-To in iTunes and take a listen. Thanks for listening today, though, as always. And thanks again to WebSpy for sponsoring the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook as well as Twitter and of course my blog and the photography forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com so do drop by. I'll be back next week with another episode but in the meantime you just have a great week whatever you're doing. Bye bye. This is Dave Warner and I'm the host of the LensFlare35.com podcast. Each week I bring you interviews with some of the top photographers using digital SLR cameras. They share some of their coolest tips and tricks techniques and news about what they're up to so please take a moment to visit the website or subscribe to lensflare 35 on itunes the martin bailey photography podcast is a proud member of the photocast network find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com